Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 76 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show. And you can follow us on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. That is the link for the, or I should say the handle, I guess, for the official Baseball 365 podcast. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew McQuiston at AMCQ82. On tonight's show, we'll be giving our reactions to the happenings of this past two weeks, as well as playing some him or him games with some players off the hot starts and just talking about the game and everything going on right now. Let me introduce my co-host, Andrew McQuiston. Andrew, we are two weeks into this season now, and my question tonight is, how are you doing so far in your leagues? Uh, pretty good overall. I've, I think I'm pretty much at the top or in the middle of most of them. There's one league I'm doing pretty bad in, mostly because last week, or last weekend, I had a bunch of guys on the teams that didn't play. Uh, yeah. So I just, I, uh, there was like nothing I could do because it was weekly, um, not weekly lineups, you know, you could sub on Fridays, but I just didn't have enough hitters. So I kind of fell in a hole on offense, but uh, for the most part, pretty good. I'm in first in one of my NFBC draft and holds and top three or four in several leagues. So pretty happy so far. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. I'm doing How about okay. you? Yeah, I'm doing okay in mine. I, I have one in my. I'm in six leagues, and in five of them, I'm in the top five at the moment. So I call nice. that pretty good. Second place in three of them. Not leading any at this moment, but second place in three of them. And one league, the only redraft league I'm in with you are baseball 365. Uh, the draft and hold league that's the only one i'm doing poorly i'm near the bottom in that one but yeah overall well i guess um it's weird in the draft and holds i have david price shares in both leagues and i also had kopak in one of them and my pitching i think is not going to hold up so i don't i'm not too hopeful for either one of those but even in the uh, tgfbi i'm in second place at the moment in that league so yeah i'm pretty happy with how it's going which it's funny, We've you know, a lot of people are saying right now because of the way this is a 60-game season, this COVID stuff, there's just so much going on that there's a lot more luck that into this year than normal. And it almost feels like fantasy football. And of course, I was joking with Walter McMichael in our auction league as, as we were both laughing about how we're actually doing good this year and just showing it. Maybe maybe it just proves that there's not much skill in this in it this year. <laughs> yeah, I've got my TGFBI team. My hitting's been really good, and my pitching's been awful. And then I've got another team, the one I was just kind of mentioning, where I had all the guys out. Where it's uh-huh. the total it's the total opposite. Like my pitching is awesome and my hitting's awful. So just put those we'll together, it's... and you'd have one awesome and one terrible team. Right. Right. Probably what you'd take right at the moment. Okay, well, Andrew, there have been multiple times since we last recorded. I think we're a little over two weeks since we last recorded where I wasn't sure if we'd have a season going. You know, while everything continues to be 
fluid right now. Rob Manfred is pushing this through. And just to peek behind the curtain a little bit, I started making these show notes late last week. We were right about a week into the season. And then the news came out. Of the, the, at that point, actually, the Marlins already had had the outbreak happen on their team. And it looked like it was not looking good. People were worried that that Monday after the season started, it may already get shut down. And then it looked like, okay, we're going to keep pushing through this and it was going to be all right. And I was starting to write the notes late last Friday whenever the Cardinals outbreak happened. And it's like, man, here we go again. Are we going to have a season? And made it through the weekend and it looks like we still have baseball to where I'm like, okay, well, eventually I guess it's time to just get get a show put together and us get out here. But holy moly, it's just been a roller coaster last couple weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's been <laughs> the weirdest thing. It's just, I mean, obviously, it's it's just difficult when you're having to plan for like what teams are playing, what teams aren't playing, and like I was doing Fab last week, and I have a league where uh, Carpenter's my corner infielder, and there was the stuff coming out about the Cardinals. And so I knew I had to pick up a corner infielder because even though it was showing games on his schedule, the games were going to be canceled. Yep. Oh, man. It's just you never have to think about stuff like that with baseball, you know, typically. So it's even when you're doing fab and stuff, it's just complicated. But seems to be um, – seems like we're getting through it. I mean, Marlins are back playing. And I don't know. Have you heard anything about the Cardinals-Cubs this weekend? Yeah, they're cleared to play, and they yeah. had scrimmages today from what I hear. They actually were on the field to where I think it's going to happen unless something goes wrong with tests, these tests. that I Are they taking them daily? Because if so, I think, I think yeah, so. the, the results from today's tests, today's Thursday, it's Thursday night, unless those show up tomorrow bad, which I wouldn't expect at this point, to, to where I think, yeah, we should have games this weekend. Yeah, hopefully so. So, with all this going on, is any of this, these outbreaks, teams getting games canceled, is it affecting your strategy for fantasy leagues this year, or is it just kind of just roll with the punches? Well, one thing I've noticed is like, you know, a typical league where it's like seven bench with fab, I had a... I like to stash two or three guys, and it's just really hard to do it. Mm-hmm. Last last week I had, like for example, I I had uh, Puig and Gore stashed, and I I had to drop them just because I, you got to have stats coming in, you know, and mm-hmm. it, then when you've got some guys missing games, and it's it's just really tough. Like, so I mean, really, I think that the main thing it's just. Um, you got to kind of limit those stashes and just get through it. I mean, it's you got to be willing. I think when guys get hurt to cut them. If you don't have, you know, like some of these leagues, you don't have IL. If it's NFBC or something like that, I mean, you just got to move pretty quick because we're already almost a quarter of the way through the season, at least for a lot of the teams, you know. So it's just moving quick. I, I feel like you just have to have a shorter leash with guys. So. You're right. I 
I hadn't thought about the stashes. I don't have many stashes on any of my teams. I have Kelnick on one, and I think that's it. But you're right in terms of it's hard to just sit on a player to where if you have McKenzie Gore and this is a normal year, you may be talking about holding on to him for maybe 30, 40 games of the year, and then you're going to get him for 120. Let's say you're waiting 30 or 40 games this year. You're only getting 30 or 40 games, which is like five starts. And if he if he even is starting, uh huh. You know, I mean, he might be, but yeah, it's just hard to wait. It is. It's a real good point. That is definitely something you got to keep in mind. You can't just sit on players and wait, especially with these injuries. What about the newest change that the Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed to? Or I say newest, I guess it was about a week ago. With all of these postponed games, MLB is trying to find ways to fit in the season in. And the agreement that came with the players was that there would be double headers. With when, I should say they're making a change to the double games where they have double headers with each game being seven innings long. So I got two questions here. What are your thoughts on this in general? When it, what was your reaction when you heard it? We've been doing it this week. There's been a few. I think the Yankees and Orioles did it. And the Marlins did it. And then does that change your strategy at all in this fantasy game? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really change change my strategy much. I mean, I don't know. I. It's hard to say who's going to have the double headers when they're going to have them. It's just hard to say but i don't really like it i mean seven inning games it's just it's just kind of goofy to me but i mean at the same time it's still baseball you know like Mm -hmm. we're like kind of in this world where it could be taken away at any moment so you kind of have to be more willing Mm -hmm. to accept things that you wouldn't typically accept or want you know like if they said Mm -hmm. Going forward, that's how it's going to be forever. I would be really irritated. Agreed. Like I don't, I don't like it. But I mean, for this year, if the alternative is we're not playing, then you just deal with it. You know, like that's kind of how I feel about it. I guess knowing Rob Manfred, this could be something he's actually thinking about doing. I'd never have heard about this at all before this year, but with the way he is with games, that might be just the next step for him. And then in like two years or three years, maybe he wants to do that for all the games. God, I, I, I hope I'm just making that up and talking out of my butt right now. Um, yeah, the, sev- the seven inning thing and the, the runner on second and extra innings, oh. and I'm just, I'm just not a fan of it. But I am optimistic that it'll only be this year. So I'll tell you. If that's the case, I can deal with it. I don't like the runner on second thing, and the way I would have solved that is just call ties after a certain amount of innings. My personal belief is just give us ties after 12 innings if nobody's scored, and I'm good with that because, I don't know, ties happen, and it also does save a bullpen, and I don't know, it feels better. Yeah, I could deal with that, I think. So, move on to the next subject. we are only got 60 games for each team this year, or that's the hope. And usually we say not to overreact to the standings in these leagues until around Memorial Day, which is two months in. But that's all we have this year is two months, a 60-game sample here. And right now we're, you know, 15 or we're 15, 20% of the way in for most teams. How, when is it okay to start overreacting? Is, is, is it now? 
Is it a week from now? When is it? Just specifically for the standings, you mean? Like for the standings in your league? Yes. Uh, I would say, yeah, like another seven to ten days probably. I mean, I think it's, it's crazy. Not not far off. Just because, I mean, it's obviously condensed, and it's. I mean, you figure two months. Typically, that's a third of the way. Third of the way this year is twenty games, and. I know some teams have played like 12, 13. Obviously, the teams that have been sitting out haven't played as many. So, But, yeah, we're getting there. I mean, like, it'll be here pretty soon. So I think you kind of have to start paying attention to it relatively quickly here. Could you imagine, like, a normal season where we have a 162 games and you're actually overreacting on the third week of the season in late April? <laughs> yeah. It's just People so do weird. it. People do it, and then oh, yeah. like the whole Memorial Day thing. I feel like that's a little bit dated. I mean, like I feel like people react to standings in a normal year now, in like <clears throat> late April, mid to late April, even. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that's right or right, but that's just the way that it seems to be. So, but yeah, any time really right now coming up here. I mean, it's 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 going to go quick, so. Yeah, a week from now, is a lot of these teams will be at 20 games or whatever, and at that point, it's a third done, which is what Memorial Day is known as. It's about the third way, third of the way through the season. So right. Sounds about right. Okay, well, let's get into some murky closing situations, and man, there are plenty of them. I listed them all down, and we've got plenty of teams to talk about. And we're going to start off talking about the injury, and the teams with injuries and we'll start off with texas with jose leclerc he looks like he's going to be out for a while probably i don't know if we're probably not seeing him again this year are we Uh, i know it's going to be a while i i don't remember the last report i i had him in a i dropped him in a i think it was a 15 team yeah 15 teamer just this past uh past sunday so it's just you just can't hold on to guys. That's the thing. So, mm-hmm. so who are the candidates there? And anybody you like out of that group? No, no. This is the one that I can't really figure out. I, I don't think they've had. I could be wrong on this, but I don't think they've had a save chance in a while. No. Didn't um, Nick Goody get one right off? Yeah, the he got one. But then, but then there was another game where he was like pitching in the sixth inning. Yes. So. Yeah, I, I really have no idea, to be honest. I think that Jonathan Hernandez could be the guy, possibly. I mean, he's just a young guy with some upside that's yep. been in the minors and been pretty decent and seems to like kind of stand out of the, between the guys. But they still have to choose him. You know, it's they don't always just choose the best guy, and it could be any of them. I I really have no interest in any of them, to be honest, until there's some kind of solidity in there and that situation there it may be a while and you know once once the guy has two or three saves he's probably gone anyway i'm just not investing in that situation much yeah it's it's tough with teams like this where it just nothing looks good and you're gonna have to spend a lot of fab to get it and get that player and then you may not have him or he may go out there and get lit up because he's never there's nobody that you really feel confident in taking that role. 
but yeah. Okay, we'll move on to next, the Colorado situation, where Wade Davis was blown up over last weekend. Andrew, are you shocked by this? <laughs> yeah, their bullpen just got better. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean, but true. Oh, man. So, he was put on the injured list right afterwards, and so immediately you think about Scott Oberg, who's been on the injured list, and he has another blood clot and was put on the 45-day DL, and we're not going to see him this year. So that moves us to Jairo Diaz and Carlos Estevez as the early candidates. I think Diaz got a second save today, tonight. So does that put him in the lead? Would you think he would be the one to own? Yeah, he's definitely the one to own. I um, In one of my leagues last week... So, you know, I had, I kind of put my fab bids out, and I had Diaz higher than Estevez, but not by a ton. And in one of my leagues last week, Jairo Diaz went for 247, and I got Estevez for a buck. (laughs) So I just felt like, I felt great about it. I mean, now, obviously, you know, I think Diaz actually has three saves now. Okay. So it, it seems to be him now, but. You know, one or two blow-ups, I mean, it could change. It's I don't think it's really set in stone, but, yeah, it's him for now. So. And even if it doesn't work out, you spent a buck. That's right. compared to yeah. 240. Yeah, I couldn't believe the separation there because I think it was – I think it might have actually been Sunday, but um, Estevez was in the game. Mm-hmm. That was I think Sunday. he came – yeah, I think he came in in the eighth, but then he was in in the ninth to close it out and then he like put somebody on maybe maybe two guys on and then they as or uh ds came in through one pitch i think he got a ground ball or something and got the save but i just i was watching the end of that game and i was like eh, i don't know if it's ds for sure now now it seems to be more clear but yeah I, I couldn't believe the the amount of fab that just went off the table over something that minute it just seemed kind of crazy but in this season, stuff like that's going to happen. So, Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the Astros. Roberto Asuna, he has an arm injury and is having Tommy John surgery. And Ryan Presley, who was on the injured list, has been activated, and he blew a save tonight while just before we started recording. So i got to ask, do you think Presley is the guy to own, or please, God, don't tell me that the newly signed Fernando Rodney could possibly get that gig? Because, again, this is Dusty Baker managing this team. <laughs> yeah, you never, you never know with Dusty, but... Um, yeah, I, I really liked Presley, actually, coming into tonight. I mean, obviously, tonight was ugly. I still think it's probably him. Um, Andre Scrub has pitched pretty good. I think he got a save at at one point, maybe on a day when Osuna was unavailable. And um, yeah, I guess that's really it. Blake Taylor's pitched good too, but it's probably not him. It's it's probably Presley. I would say Scrub would be the second guy, but um, I, I think. Presley gets more opportunities just because of how good he's been. Yeah, other he's been than tonight, other than tonight, obviously, yeah. I mean, when you look at the last year, he 
Base had a 2.32 ERA, struck out close to 12 per nine, walked under two per nine in 54 innings. Had a really impressive numbers. And then the year before that, when he was with the Twins and Astros, he had over 100 strikeouts that year. Awesome. He's had an yeah. awesome couple of years here where he should get that spot. But you can't rule out Dusty going, especially if he blows one more save. I think he's got a pressure to get this next one if, if he gets it, which I think he still will. But if he falls again, Dusty might just go to the old gunslinger, old crooked hat, <laughs> Fernando Rodney. How would you like to have said this about a year ago, that the Astros would be struggling and they'd have Fernando Rodney closing games for them in July or in August? Yeah, it's pretty wild. I I still can't really imagine it, but I can I can imagine it, but I also don't think it'll happen. I don't I don't I think ownership would or the the GM somebody would have to step in if that happened, but we'll just it's got to happen first, so we'll move on. Uh, the fourth injury I've got here is with Toronto Blue Jays. That's Ken Giles. He's gone to the injured list and I don't know if we'll see him again this year. And Bass has been out there getting, I think, three or four saves since this injury's happened. Of all these guys we've gone through, Bass is the safest one, isn't he? Uh, before tonight, I would have said Presley was, but yeah, he probably is right at this moment. Yeah, he's definitely getting. There's it really no, there's really no threat to his job at the moment. I don't think so. No, I think Rafael Dolis is probably the the next guy up if I remember reading but yeah I mean, Jordan Romano too he's been really good but I, I think it's Bass yeah feel pretty good there and I'm assuming Bass has been picked up in most leagues from if that are listening to the or people that are listening I'm sure most of your leagues have already got him but just he went for in in one of my 20 team dynasty leagues he went for 507 in fab this past Sunday because the week, the Sunday before, when everybody picked him up, mm-hmm. I think he had been dropped or something. So there's like the rule where if it's within oh, a yeah. couple of days, you can't pick him up. I think he had just been dropped, so you couldn't add him that week. So then it went a full week, and I knew I'm like he's gonna go for a ton. And yeah, he went for five oh seven, I believe it was. Yeah, if I recall right, Ken Giles is a free agent after this year. So if he was to go out there and pitch real well, which I mean, who knows? It's five. He's only had what is it? Five innings pitched this year so far. But you, you never know with Toronto if they decide to try holding them over. I I think they'll probably still move on. Just or I shouldn't say move on, but try to find somebody else. Just because I think they could possibly be noisemakers. How are they doing so far this year, record-wise? Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I want to say they're like five and seven, maybe. Okay, so about probably middle of the pack. Well, in the AL East, that might be second place. I know that division's not doing so well, so right off the bat. Bass Bass was pretty uh, pretty decent last year too. Yeah. So Jays are four and six. Four and six. That's got to put them in second place because everybody in that dis division's playing terrible, other than the Yankees, I think. Okay. Well, speaking of the terrible AL East, we'll move on to murky situations and start off with Baltimore. Are we buying Solcer, who I honestly don't think I'd heard of before this year, who has who had 
I think, three saves going into the weekend. I didn't look and see if he got one in the last day or two, but the, as of a couple days ago, he had three saves. Are you buying this guy? Uh, short term, I think you have to. I mean, he's the guy right now. I don't see any reason not to buy it. I mean, it may not last forever, but you kind of just have to ride the wave with a lot of these guys, and he's their guy right now. They haven't, they've lost like four in a row, so he hasn't gotten to save the last few days, but I mean, I, I picked him up at arm too. I, I think he's going to get some saves. Yeah, the question is how many, because Baltimore's not going to win many games. But right, well, yeah, that's the hard part about owning a guy like that who's on a absolute dreadful team. And I say this is I've got Brandon Kinsler in Rotomasters too, and sometimes they get those saves, and you do see it happen. I remember, um, oh shoot, the closer for the, I think the guy who was. Closer for the Tigers, and then he got traded to the Braves last year. Shane Green. Shane Green. That guy's had a couple stretches with Detroit when they were terrible where he was leading the league in saves. So it can happen. Yeah, with these guys, I mean, so much of it is just the opportunity. It's more opportunity than it is anything else. I mean, you kind of just have to ride it with the guys that have the job, you know, especially in a season that's this short. I mean, waiting it out. I mean, like I've always – I mentioned in the preseason that I was, I liked Hunter Harvey as a buy and stuff. And I mean, do I think Hunter Harvey's a better pitcher than Cole Salser? Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter right now. You know, Harvey's hurt and Salser's getting the saves. So that's, that's all that matters. Yeah, it's like you're playing in the middle of late August, beginning of September right now. You just can't sit on guys. Yeah. What about Tampa? You know, Oliver Drake got a couple saves early in the year. Surprised people because Nick Anderson was believed to be the guy, the favorite to get saves. But Oliver Drake got a couple early. That said, then a few days later, he was pitching the sixth inning in a game. So, what about this team? Who would you want to own of this group in terms of the as, as your closer spec, I guess you could say? Uh, this is another one that I'm just avoiding. I don't trust Tampa Bay to stay consistent with whatever they do, just because that's kind of the game that they play. Uh, obvious, I mean, I think Nick Anderson's the best pitcher, so I guess if that's the tiebreaker, maybe him, but I don't trust him to consistently get saves either just because of that. So if I'm looking strictly for saves, I'm just not looking at Tampa. Agreed. I think last year, what was it, Diego Castillo seemed to be the closer there for a little stretch early in the year, but even then he wasn't getting all the save chances. They were still bouncing yeah. around. Where this is a team that just, I don't think they want to set a closer. I think it's easier for them if they've got a bunch of guys getting a few saves. And as a team that really likes to play the small market game, it, you know, if you got a closer getting a bunch of saves, it drives their value up whenever they get to arbitration. Well, if you're spreading those out, you really that helps you in terms of... And I, I wonder if that's the driving force in this, in terms of if you just get a bunch of real good relievers getting, you know, four to eight saves each, eight to 12 saves, it probably does keep their price down whenever arbitration time comes. You think there's there's anything to that, or am I? Yeah, no. Yeah, that I definitely think that's true. I, you know, normally, like in most situations, if 
or on most teams, I should say, if there's uh, a guy that gets back-to-back save, like if he gets two saves in a row for the team, two to three, I would say, it's like, okay, I have reason to believe that's the guy. And when Oliver Drake got two for Tampa, I wasn't even looking at I wasn't even interested in picking him up, really. I mean, that's just the way that I view Tampa. I feel like he would have to get like five or six in a row for me to be like, okay, maybe it's him. I just... I just don't trust them to stay with whatever because they have so many options, so many different guys doing different roles, and it's just I don't feel like it's ever going to be consistent. That's kind of why I was a little down even on Nick Anderson, too, coming into the year. I think he's a great pitcher, but if you're drafting him for saves, especially in a short season, I liked him more in full season, but short season, it's just tough to wait around on that, you know? Going back to our good buddy Fernando Rodney, I don't think the Rays have had – the same closer lead the team in saves two years in a row since Rodney. Yeah, it's probably not. It's great. They just they just continue moving that spot around. And I'm not saying it's not the right move because they've got so many good bullpen arms, they can do it. I It sucked. I just threw back Diego Castillo, I think, in Rotomasters 2 just in the past week or so. And I hate letting them go. And I might be doing it in my other dynasty that's a saves plus holds just because they won't put them in there and hold situations every time or many times. And it's like you love the pitcher, but you gotta, you can't just hang on to guys on a team that just doesn't want to commit to you anyways. Yeah. All right, well, let's move to Cleveland. Brad Hand struggled early on, and James Karinchak is absolutely dominating. One of the most talked about relievers in baseball early this year. Uh, Hand has been better the last couple days. I think he's gotten a couple saves, but how much squirming would you be doing if you had Hand? And if Karenchak is still available, is he a must-add for Hand owners? Yeah, absolutely must-add. Karenchak should probably be owned in pretty much every league, I would say. I mean... He is ridiculous. Like this, that guy. If he takes over the job, I mean, there's no, there's no spot where you could say, oh, he's a top whatever closer that I would argue it. I mean, he's just nasty. And Hand hasn't looked that good. I actually have Hand in one draft and hold, and I took Karinchek too. I drafted both of them. Oh. Good move. And uh, it's exact reason. It's exact reason why it was because I kind of thought that this could be. I remember it was at a point in the draft. I was like, I need a closer, and I took hand, and right away I'm like, I'm getting Karinchek, because I don't completely trust hand, but I kind of needed to draft some saves in that spot, you know, where I was at. So, but yeah, Karinchek was the top bid. He was actually available in my TGFBI league this past weekend, and I want to say he went for like three forty. Or wow. something like that. So, For it's no, it's no secret. Right, right. That, that just says a lot right there. But it just, I mean, he's so good that you can use him over, you know, like a number six starter for your team or a number seven starter. You know, like the last starter that you would put in on a weekly basis. I mean, you can use Karinchek over that guy pretty easily, I feel like, even if he isn't getting saves. And for those of you that maybe didn't know James Karinchak's name before a couple of the last week or so, he made a lot of waves last year in the minor leagues. 
in 30 innings. Do you remember the stat about how many strikeouts he had? 74, I know. Yeah. 74 strikeouts in 30 innings between rookie ball up to double A and triple A. He made noise before getting a brief call up at the end of the year. Had five, eight innings, eight strikeouts in five innings. Well, I got I got a, grabbed a share in a draft and hold or a um, save plus hold league, and a couple people have tried hitting me up for <laughs> in trades this past week, and I'm pretty much not even having conversations right now because this guy might be the next like guy Josh Hader type ridiculous strikeout guy who. Just those guys are hard to come by. Strikeout rates yeah. like this. Yeah, the only thing I mean, they just have to go to him. You know, that's really yes. what it what it comes down to. It's well, nothing to do with him pitching. Yeah. And uh, given that one's a save plus hold, I don't care. They can leave him in the eighth inning. All I care. I mean, the yeah. ninth is a little better, but yeah. he's performing. And yeah, I think it's a matter of time before he's in that closer role. And hand is either moved or if he struggles gets taken out of that role alright what about the Royals situation Ian Kennedy looked like he was going to be the guy going into the year then Greg Holland gets a save at the beginning of the year and last Thursday I think it was a week ago my boy Trevor Rosenthal came in the ninth inning and got a save there hasn't been a save chance since but of these three who are you buying in Kansas City I actually have Holland and Rosenthal on multiple teams. I think you have to go with Rosenthal for now. That's the, the right answer. I mean, he got the most recent save, and Holland just hasn't. He's been pitching earlier in the game. If you just watch the tendencies and stuff, other than the one that he got early on, so yeah, I would say Rosenthal. If Trevor Rosenthal gets this gig and somehow pitches as a top 15 closer, I may never shut up about this. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I, took, I gave myself my own lumps for that call last year, laughed about it a lot, and I doubled down. He was one of my bold predictions, and I love what I'm seeing. I mean, Mike, Matheny, he's, he was, Mike Matheny was his manager when he was the closer in St. Louis. The stars are lined up for him right now. He's pitching well again. You know, Trevor Rosenthal is the relief pitcher version of Francisco Liriano for me in terms of I always want to buy him whenever his value is low, and I don't want anything to do with him whenever his value is high. And yeah. Rosenthal is that guy. Definitely and makes sense. Yeah. this is. I mean, the time to buy was this year right now. It looks like maybe fab a week, week and a half ago, or in these drafts late at the end of the drafts. And we'll just see. But I feel pretty good about that call right now. And one I'm not feeling as well about is Hansel Robles. He has not done well. Blew a save in pretty bad fashion last weekend after another terrible outing in a non-save situation. And it looked like they, Joe Madden said that he was going to be exploring options. And Ty Buttry just came in and got a save. And Madden used the dreaded... Closer by committee line that over in the last couple days. So, are you grabbing any of these Angels setup guys at all? Are you gonna run with? Are you gonna stick with Robles? You know, you're you're a Cubs fan. You've 
seen Joe Madden in managing position for the last few years. What are your thoughts on this? I think you have to hold Robles if you have him, and you have to pick up Butchery if you, you know, if he's available. Yeah. None of the other guys, Middleton. No, no. Madden, Madden's one of those guys that he will jump ship quick. Yeah, he's done it a lot over the years. I remember, um, oh, the Angels closer about five, six years ago, or not. I guess that that wasn't Madden, so that's a bad call. Never mind. I'll I'll be quiet. But I know Madden's moved through closers here and there. Okay, uh, Seattle. We'll move to him. Uh, Sam Alta Vila. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think that it's good enough. He seems like he's got the role right now. Uh, is he worth grabbing? Uh, Taylor Williams actually got the first save of the year, and he got the most recent one. So, oh really? I actually picked him up in a couple leagues, but then of course he got imploded on yesterday. So, I don't know. None of those guys are that good, so I don't think that they're that high priority. Well, I grabbed him cheap in a couple spots, Taylor Williams, but I'm not excited about any of them really. Did you have Taylor Williams in your lineup in that league, or did you manage to just? Yeah, because oh. I have because I have Osuna. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, that's just brutal. That's the part about fantasy baseball that really sucks is when you lose a closer and you're just throwing guys in that you're picking up on Fab and watching them get beat up like that. That's the worst. It yeah. really is, and I've I'm dealing with it too. And yeah, it is the pits. All the all these. I mean, there's just so many. How like these closers? It's just gross. All of it. Yeah. So. We just did the murky situations in the American League. That's it so far. I just went through six murky situations, and injured list is three of the American, three of the four were American League. So we got nine out of the fifteen teams in the American League with either an injury or a murky situation already two weeks into the year. It's just nuts. Yeah, it is. So we'll move over to the National League and start with the Mets. Edwin Diaz has been rough again. There are questions there, and Seth Lugo, I think, got the most recent save. Are you hanging on to Diaz hoping he writes things, or is this one of those deals like you were saying earlier? It's like you can't really hang on to a guy in this type of, in this year. Uh, With Diaz, I probably would give it another couple of weeks, two weeks. I, I don't know. It's... It's tricky. It depends on the size of the league and how many closers you have and how bad you need the saves, and I don't know. But I I think they probably go back to him at some point. He looked good in an inning the other night I watched. It's it's hard to say. He's so up and down right now, it's just hard to say. Let's say you're in a league and you only had one roster spot and you could only roster Lugo or Diaz. I'd I'd roster Diaz. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Because the upside's just so tremendous, but it may not be the right pick. Lugo's pretty good. It, it, it's just these are just, it's tough to say on it. All a lot of these. Mm-hmm. And then we got the Nats. Uh, Daniel Hudson seems to be getting the saves for the Nats, while Sean Doolittle looks like he is just. It's rough for him right now. Is Doolittle a, a definite drop right now? Uh, I think so, probably in redraft. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it looks. It's it's sad. He's one of my favorite pitchers. I've had shares of him over the years. I really enjoy it when he's on. He just he's really good, but 
He's getting up there in years, and I just think the injuries are starting to mount for him. Uh, your Cubs fan, Craig Kimbrell, has been absolutely awful. Andrew, oh, your thoughts. I'm not a, no questions, just your thoughts. Yeah, he's he's terrible. Like he's terrible. I was saying earlier today I was gonna make the joke like he was gonna come into this game tonight. They were down like twelve to nothing. And he did actually, and he still gave up a run, so yeah, he's just bad. He has no command, he has no clue where the ball is going. Uh, looks like probably Wick short term. I, I think that they'll still try and get him right in like lower leverage spots, you know, when it's like a five or six run game just to get him some work and see if he can iron it out. But it's not looking good right now. So I retweeted a tweet from Max Goldstein um, earlier about an hour ago and relievers to allow at least one earned run and record three outs or fewer in seven straight appearances since 2000 he's the third pitcher to do this along with Rafael Dolis in 2012 and Armando Almanza in 2000 Craig wow. Kimbrell you are in special company right now <laughs> it's rough yeah it's been really bad unfortunately I've got I have redraft shares i went on and took the chance. I knew what I was dealing with when I did it because I didn't feel good about him last year, but I thought, well, maybe he's had an off season to get right. But, yeah, it's not looking good. And moving on to the Cardinals, my team, they had Kim pitch his closer once that first weekend, and he looked absolutely dreadful, but I was hoping and praying that that was, that was going to end quick. But then an injury happened to the rotation with Mikolas, and... Now Kim's moving into the rotation, and they're gonna—they're saying they're going with a committee. Helsley could be in there. Gallegos, we don't know yet. But who would you invest on that group? Uh, I think it's like fifty-fifty with Gallegos and Helsley right now. I mean, I—they haven't played in a few days, and this Kim thing to the rotation is new since then. So, flip a coin, it could go either way. Yeah. Whoever gets the first chance, if you pitch well, you probably can run with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy that gets the first shot and closes it out, he's obviously the front runner. The final closer, Trevor Gott. Pitching pretty well in that role so far. Is you grabbing him? Yeah, didn't he get a did he get one last night, I wanna yes. say maybe? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say with Gabe Kapler. I don't really trust him, but uh seems to be getting the saves now, so he definitely has been running with that since opening day. <sighs> so, between injuries and murky situations, that's 15 out of the 30 teams, and we're less than two weeks into the season. Good Lord, <laughs> the closures are maddening every year. But yeah, we'll take a break here. We'll come back, and we're going to play real or make-believe with some of these hot stars. Okay, Andrew, I've got some hot starts here. Guys, these stats are as of this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, and just run down them, real or make-believe on these guys. Start off with Dansby Swanson with the Braves. He always seems to be up and down, and he's starting off up this year in 13 games. He's got a 314 batting average, 
10 runs, two home runs, and three stolen bases. And with Ozzy Albies on the injured list now, he's been hitting in the two-hole for the last couple days, last week or so. You this a hot streak, or you think this you think this could be real or make believe? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say real to this extent, but um, I like Dansby. I think he's a good player, off to an excellent start. Probably will come back a little bit, but yeah, I think it's mostly real. Yeah, I've seen him do this enough times over the years to where um, I I get very skeptical when he's doing this. Oh, gee. I hadn't really looked into his underlying stats till right now. Have you looked at him? He's still striking out a lot. I know that. Holy but he's smokes! Hit, but he's hitting the ball hard. So. Yeah, I, I haven't looked into the hard hit rate, but just looking, thirty six percent of the time he struck out, one point nine percent walk. Again, we're talking thirteen games, a four sixty seven BABIP. <laughs> so yeah, there yeah, should it's... be some correction coming. But yes, you're right. He's hitting the ball harder than he ever has percent wise so yeah we'll see I hadn't even looked at that until I asked the question and just pulled up his page but he's definitely got an opportunity in that two hole which is a great spot to be in hitting behind Ronald Acuna and in front of Tr- Freddie Freeman yeah there are not many better spots in baseball to hit than in that two hole alright uh, Trent Grisham with the Padres two, hitting 271 with four home runs and three stolen bases which I remember when he was coming up, he was a guy who didn't have much pop but had had the ability to steal bags, and he was not doing that last year in the Brewers system. Now he's with the Padres, who are no, well-known for running, and he's already got three bags and four homers. Is this guy on, on his way to a big breakout? Real or make-believe? I'll say real. I'm Grisham. Yeah, I'm with you. Everything looks good. Um, obviously, he's hitting in a great spot. I mean, in the top top four of that Padres order it's it's funny because their their top four is so good right now with Tatis Grisham mm-hmm. Machado and Fam, and then it's like after that it drops off quite a bit what you mean but, Jerks um, and Profar being then the five hole is not good yeah I think they've rotated the five hole quite a bit <laughs> but but yeah I, I I believe in Grisham for the most part I tell you the Brewers sure could use him now oh my oh, yes, god could. I was thinking about that earlier today like how bad their offenses looked. I mean, they've just been so bad. And yep. uh, I mean, they they hit some tonight, but I was just thinking how much they could. They probably want that trade back. Yeah, I don't think, think um, uh, Luis here. Luis yes. Here, yes. I don't yeah. think he's doing much for him right now. Isn't he hurt? Wait, what is I, it the yeah, of the year? yeah, I believe he's hurt. Yeah. So yeah, well, I'm with you. Real on that guy. What about another streaky hitter? Um, Teoscar Hernandez started off with four home runs already, two stolen bases, 278, 278 batting average. Real or make-believe? Uh, with with Teoscar, I, I think it's just one of those guys you just ride it out. I don't really believe in it, but at the same time, it's not like, you, you know, so people will say, like, sell high, and it's like, what are you really going to get for Teoscar Hernandez? I will give you, you know, Trout. I would just, I would just hang on to him, ride it out. Maybe it is, you know, maybe it is better than you expect, and he keeps going. Or you know, I mean, he has power. It's just really his plate discipline and stuff is the mess. But um, yeah, for the most part, I don't believe. But 
if I had him on a team, I mean, I'm just going to hang on to him and just until he's cooked, you know, like just ride it. So, Unless you're in a dynasty league, there are people that are always looking for bats, and maybe you could move them for a pick or something like that in a league like that if you're not competing or if, even if you're competing and you got plenty of depth and he's just kind of your sixth yeah, outfielder. Maybe he, got, move he got moved in my in one of my 20-teamers for a first-round pick. Oh, that's awesome. A late for it'll be it'll probably be the last pick of the first round or one That's of the last okay. picks. So like the eighteenth to twentieth first round pick, but I don't think it's bad for the guy that got Tioscar either because I mean the eighteenth to twentieth pick in a sub draft could be nothing, uh-huh. and if he if this is real and he continues to hit for power in a twenty team league, I mean it's pretty valuable. So. Yeah, major league. I mean, it's hard to fill a roster in those leagues, like you've told me over the years. So, yeah. Uh, what about Colin Moran with the Pirates? You know, his batting average is only two twenty, but he has five home runs. He was leading the league earlier this week. I think so maybe somebody's caught him by now, or he may still be leading the league. But is this power, which we have not seen, legit, or is this a hot streak? Real or make believe? The power. I'm gonna say make believe. He's definitely got. He's definitely been crushing the ball so far, but I don't know. I just. I don't. I'm gonna need to see a bigger sample from Colin Moran before I start anointing him. Whew. Hard contact rate. Just quickly pop that up. Sixty uh, percent right now. That's pretty good compared to thirty-four percent last year. But yeah, I'm with you. Hot streak. We'll. Yeah. Have to do his more. barrel barrel percentage is high. I mean, everything looks good. But it's such a small sample that, I don't know, I just got to see more. This is a guy who we should circle back to in a couple of weeks and look and see what's going on because, and I'm sure if he's raking, we'll have no, we'll be forced to. But even if he's not, we probably, that's a guy we need to circle back to. Uh, Mikey Ostrimski, uh, 304 batting average, three home runs, one stolen base. He was a trendy name there at the end of the year. I say trendy, I mean he was interesting to people. And he's turning around and playing off to a good start again this year. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I like him a little bit. I mean, I think he's definitely, like, his role is locked in on that team. I mean, he's been really good for them. Obviously, they don't have the greatest offense. But, you know, good play discipline, just solid across the board. Um, obviously, off to a really good start, so... I think he's like a good guy to have in like deeper leagues, so mm-hmm. I don't mind. I don't mind Jastrzemski. Yeah. Another guy that I know you liked in the past is Jacoby Jones with the Tigers. He's off to a hot start, uh, three seventy nine with three home runs early on in the going, and they've missed some games because of teams having to cancel for COVID. So he's still hitting in the nine hole, but is this start are giving you some hope for him? Maybe a little bit, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's always goes through these hot streaks and then turns back into a pumpkin. So I don't think you can get too excited, but it's nice to see it so far. That's another one of those guys if, like Teoscar where you might be able to move and get something if you can. Great. It might be a good time to move him because, yes, he definitely started pretty well I don't think well he has uh, no stolen bases yet, right? Correct. I don't no think steals. he has one. 
And finally, I'm going to bring up Shed Long with the Mariners. He's got three stolen bases and one home run in the early going here. Are these steals? Is this something that could be legit? Real or make-believe? Yeah, I mean, on a team like that, I think he's probably going to play pretty consistently. <clears throat> you know, it's it's not a lock. I mean, I don't think he's a great player, but... Um, I think that for like this year, just short term, he could get you some steals. So I think the steals could be all right. I don't know as much about everything else. I mean, he doesn't get on base a ton, and there's definitely flaws. But um, yeah, I guess I'm maybe believing the steals, but not a whole lot else. It's good that he's on the Mariners. It's good that he's yeah. on a bad team because that would be. Right. A guy who would not be getting much playing time if he was on another good. Right, some of these, some of these young guys. It's nice. It's almost nice when they're on bad teams because it yep. just at least allows them opportunity, you know. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Come to think of it, really beyond the first two that I mentioned, Trent Grisham and Dansby Swanson. I mean, most of these other teams, you could you could make an argument. Teoscar and the Blue Jays are trying to contend, but after that, you got the Pirates, Giants, Tigers, and the Mariners. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of these guys who are off to good starts are on in good situations to keep getting playing time. Okay, well, let's move over to the pitching side. And right off the bat, I'm going to bring up Sonny Gray, who is continuing after a really nice year last year. He's off to a great start this year with 18 innings in his three starts with three wins and 28 strikeouts. He's got a sub- .7 ERA and a .55 whip. Top pitcher so far on fan tracks. Um, obviously, I mean, we already could have said he was a real good pitcher. He's been pretty good most of his career. Had a rough stretch there in New York. But is he, I guess I want to ask it this way. Real or make-believe on this guy being an ace now? I'm going to say make-believe. I don't think he's an ace, but he's looked really good. I mean, the numbers he has are banked, obviously. I mean, this season's going to move along here pretty quick, and if he keeps this up, I mean, he could be an ace this year, but uh, I tend to side on he's not an ace. So, um, yeah, just kind of where I am. Yeah. By selling whenever the value is low or at, at a high level like this is never a bad idea. If somebody, I mean, if somebody thinks he's an ace, I would I would trade him. Like yeah. I just, that's just how I feel about Sonny Gray right now. But he has been really good, so can't deny that. The number two pitcher going into tonight, I have to say, because it was not the same type of start tonight, was your boy Tyler Chatwood. <laughs> I'd say your boy. He, I'm going to give the stats before tonight, and then we'll talk about that uh, that in here in a second. But 12 and two-thirds innings pitch with 19 strikeouts, two wins, 19 stri- – I already said the 19 strikeouts, and a .96 ERA. He really wasn't walking many guys, which was his big problem since he came from Chicago. And he got beat, beat up tonight by the Royals, but again, no walks. Who is Tyler Chatwood, Andrew? I know you, you've seen him here and there this year. He's the long reliever when Quintana comes back. That's who he is. Okay. So you're not seeing a guy who is having a resurgence here? No, I like Alec Mills more. I, I, 
I mean, it was two starts. With I actually saw somebody taking victory lap on Tyler Chatwood in the on Twitter the other day, <laughs> and I just was like, whatever. <laughs> like it's two starts, but um, yeah, tonight got ugly, and I mean, that's just just what he is. I mean, have we not watched baseball before? Like two weeks ago, you know, it's just yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, we got a couple guys where that we've got more guys coming where it's you could ask that question. So you may be repeating yourself, but I don't. We don't want to out the guy on Twit right now on this podcast. But do you remember who that was? Don't, don't I say do. the name. Have yeah, you gone to remember. his Twitter tonight? Yes. And <laughs> I didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> That'll cue that Homer Simpson GIF of backing <laughs> into the bushes. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about another guy who you and I have talked about a lot off-air off over the last couple of years, and that's the Dodgers' Ross Stripling. And the stats looked better before last night. He still pitched, I think, six in it, close to five and two-thirds with four runs allowed, which doesn't make his overall line look great. He's, but he does have 18 inning pit, inning, innings pitch with three wins, 16 strikeouts, and a, an ERA even at four. But I still wanted to leave him in here because I know – You've probably you've got thoughts on him. So, what are your thoughts on Stripling? No, yeah, I just I like Stripling this year, I've, just because of the opportunity and the fact that he's always been pretty good. I mean, for his career, he's got a three fifty three career ERA in four hundred five career innings with a one nineteen WHIP and basically a K per inning. And the thing with Stripling has just always been the opportunity. Like, he hasn't always been a starter. He's bounced in and out of the rotation, yada, yada, yada. Right now, Bueller's having some issues. Not that they're replacing him. Kershaw just came back. But Price is out for the year. Alex Wood's down. You know, Dustin May and Urias, I feel like, are more likely to have their innings kind of manipulated than Stripling. Uh, May's looked really good, so... He's probably fine and he'll just pitch throughout the year. But, I mean, he's got a one whip so far. I mean, just he's been decent. I mean, it's not like mind-blowing or anything like that. But I just think he's going to get regular turns through the rotation on one of the best teams in the league. And the guy in drafts was, I mean, the cost was nothing. So I just think he's going to return a ton of value this year. And he hasn't been great so far, but he's been all right. He's got – he's three for three on the win side. So just think he's, um, I think he's going to return a lot of value this year. Yeah, I agree with them losing as many guys as they have. He's a good guy to own, good guy to have invested in the last couple months. If you were seeing that, seeing this coming, he's, I traded for him in a dynasty about a year ago and I'm still got a share, still holding on to him. And yeah, I'm thrilled to have him. Yeah. It's like, it's like the perfect, uh, He's like the perfect guy for the Dodgers to just use and use and use this year. Yeah. Because, and like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but they don't like really, really care about Ross Stripling's future, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they care about Dustin Mays, they care about Urias, you know, et cetera, all these other studs that they have. And Stripling's just one of those guys, like, he does what he does, and it's usually solid, and um, it's not like a long-term investment, so... I just think he's going to get work. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to get wins. 
Cage should be solid. You know, he's not spectacular or anything, but he could probably be like an SP3. And he wasn't even drafted anywhere close to that. No. So I'd actually was, I actually should go on. I've been meaning to do this, but just go on and look at where he was actually drafted for the full off season because it was way down there. I know that. I've got it pulled up. I'll try seeing if I can find it while whenever you're talking here in a little while and circle back to it. But um, doesn't it just make you hate the Dodgers? I mean, this guy could be a two or three on a lot of major league squads. He's like their six or seven guy. It's like, okay, this yeah. guy's opting out. This guy's hurt. Let's just throw Stripling in there, and he'll be an SP3 for it in right. fantasy. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. You know, that's not the way they're looking at it, but still, it's just the embarrassment of riches that they have. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a lock that it's going to happen, but it's, <clears> the co- it's the cost associated with what it took to get him. I mean, it just didn't cost anything. So. Yep, and. Wins are the hardest thing to predict, and, but it's good to have pitchers on the Dodgers because you're gonna right. you're gonna have a better shot at wins than Taiwan Walker is pitching for the Mariners. And I think they'll generally let him go five plus, you know, five six plus. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's try to spit through some of these some of these. Kyle Freeland with the Rockies. We've seen him have hot stretches before. Twelve innings pitched, two wins, nine strikeouts, one and a half ERA, sub one WHIP. Is Kyle Freeland real or make believe? Uh, he's up and down. He pitched today, pitched good. Did then he gave up a three run homer right at the end to uh, I think it was Mauricio Dubon. I was watching some of that game, but um, yeah, he's just up and down. Course pitcher, not an ace. Kind of is what he is. Deep league guy. Yeah, not somebody I want to. I, I I'm saying make believe. Um, he may be all right, but uh, you know, he's had some ups and downs, like you just said. Dylan Bundy with the Angels having a resurgence and then he had 12 and two-thirds innings pitch going into today with one win and 15 strikeouts with a sub-3 ERA and a .71 whip. And then today he threw a complete game where he gave up, I think, nine innings with one run allowed and 10 strikeouts. So that just adds on to all this. Is Dylan Bundy having a resurgence here, real or make-believe, for the former top prospect? Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I won't be shocked any way that it goes with Dylan Bundy, but I won't be shocked if he's really good either. So, looks good so far. I could see it continuing. I mean, getting out of Baltimore was the first step, you know. And looks pretty good so far. So, Have you seen any of his starts yet? Uh, parts of different ones, but I haven't watched like a whole start throughout. What's the velocity? That's the thing I want to know. Uh, I'm not positive off the top of my head. Okay. Well, that's something I'm real curious to find out because that'll tell me. Yeah, I could look it up. It seemed like the last few years with Baltimore, he was in the 90 to 91 range and just getting beat up because it's hard to be good pitching at that level. I mean, I've, I've been a Dylan Bundy fan for years and it just, I had to finally quit him about two years ago and it sucks because... He had such an electric arm, and the velocity just went away. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you keep looking, and I'll move on to Aaron Savali with the Indians, another guy who's off to a hot start. 12 innings pitched, one win, 18 strikeouts with a 3.75 ERA and a really good 1.08 whip. Aaron Savali, real or make-believe? Up and down. Yeah. 
up and down guy. I mean, I think he'll have good starts mixed with some rocky ones, but uh, yeah, just I don't really know what real even means with that. You know, it's like is he an SP three or do you see him like an SP six? No. no, I see him like as a four or five. Oh, going in between, yeah. Yeah, I think it's more make-believe than real. I think he's solid. I don't think he's a bad pitcher, but I also don't think he's uh, somebody you should be viewing as an SP3. He's not this good, but good pitcher. And then we got Max Freed with the Braves. 17 and two-thirds innings pitch, two wins, 15 strikeouts, a two ERA, and a sub-one whip. My boy Max Freed pitching well. Is he moving into the SP2 category? Real or make-believe? I mean, I'll just let you talk about him because that's your boy. Man, I love him, and he's pitching well right now. I've seen, I think, two of his three. Well, let's see. Yeah, he's had three starts, and I think I've seen a good portion of two of them. He's looking real good. I'm excited about him. I think he's a – I don't know if I'd put him in the SP2 because that's a top 30, but I don't think he's far outside of it right now. Yeah, that's about what I would say. Sucks about Soroka. Just quick throw in there. Uh, the Braves lost him, and he's not going to be back this year. I can't remember what was the injury. I know his leg, knee. It's Achilles, torn Achilles. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, that was so ugly. Did you have any Soroka shares anywhere? No, I didn't either. And I remember saying that I thought Max Fried was going to out out earn him, but I didn't mean anything like this. Soroka, the good pitcher. I just. It just sucks, and it sucks for the Braves, who are trying to contend right now. That Braves rotation is terrible. Yeah, it's if gotten... You, if, if you look at it now, I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah, Soroka's gone. Cole Hamels is on, the, I think, the 45-day DL. We're not going to see him. Um, they flayed, straight up almost released t- Tyler fulton They put him on waivers, and nobody claimed him, which, isn't that so crazy? A guy like Tyler, or am I... Mike Fulton, Havage. Did I say Tyler? <laughs> yeah, you said Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, his evil twin. But Mike Fulton, who nobody even claimed. That, that, I, there's got to be more to this story. I just, I'm shocked that they would cut him, like put him on waivers after one start. And I'm even more surprised that nobody claimed him. Looked like he lost a bunch of weight. He almost looked, I don't know, it didn't look right. But yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's definitely weird. I just. Their rotation now, it's like Freed, Newcomb, Tukey. Tukey pitched good tonight, pretty good. But, um, yeah, just it's it's rough. It does not look good. I could see I feel, them trying to make I a trade. I feel like Ian Anderson should be up soon. Yeah. I could see them trying to make a trade in the next month. I mean, the Hamels didn't work out. Trying to find somebody that they can get that wouldn't cost too much. I don't see them making a big splash, but just yeah. getting somebody to fill that rotation out. Uh, Spencer Turnbull with the Tigers, moving on to him. 11 innings pitched, one in, one win, 14 strikeouts, 2.5 ERA, one whip. Is this guy having a breakout? I think he's a solid pitcher, but not much more. <clears throat> I don't know much about him, so I can't really give too much thought. So, solid, but I guess you're saying more. Yeah, like a back, back-end starter, you know, 15-team league. Okay. Chris Bassett with the with the Oakland A's, nine and two thirds innings pitched in two starts, one win, twelve strikeouts, and a .931 ERA and WHIP. 
So real good start for Bassett. I know this is a guy you and I both had shares of last year. Is this guy real or make-believe? Do you think he could put up another solid year like last year? Kind of same as Turnbull. It's just on a better team. I, yeah. With guys like this, I'm just looking at their matchups. And it's like, okay, they're home against the Royals. Well, yeah, I'm pitching those guys every time in like, good matchups. But if they've got rough matchups, I don't really want to start those guys. Yeah. So Back in rotation. Yeah, it's really what it is. I mean, because there's a point with pitchers where I'm looking at the matchup and – you know, if you're above like that line or whatever, then I'm not really. But yeah, those guys just qualify Turnbull and Bassett both. What I'm going to bring him up. Well, that was all the starters I want to bring up. But Tyler Alexander, speaking of the Tigers, was absolutely dominant in relief for Detroit the other day. He had ten strikeouts in three and two thirds innings of relief this past Sunday. Are you grabbing this guy? Because I, I hear he may end up being their rotation soon. I didn't grab him last week. I had a couple small fab bits in for him, but I didn't get him. But I don't really care. I mean, I, I it definitely was an eye-popping stat line, but I don't think it means much going forward, really. Yeah, real cool. I mean, he was – I don't remember the stat, but I know he was – It's fun to see a stat Johnson. line like that. Yeah, it's fun to see a stat line like that. Yeah, I wish I had been watching that start. That would have been pretty fun. Okay, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll get back, and we're going to talk about some call-ups that have, have happened this week. Okay, they're just like we were thinking, there have been a lot of call-ups over the course of this last week as now teams have that extra year of control. And I'm just going to spit through all these, and then we'll just I'll just ask your reaction on them as a whole. We got Nick Madrigal, who was called up by the White Sox, and he did just have an injury to where he's going to be gone for a little while. Um, wasn't it quad? What was that? No, that uh, was shoulder. 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 I'm way yeah. off. Yeah. That's not good. Uh, Royals called up Brady Singer and Chris Bubik. Both those both surprised the baseball industry. I don't think that was something people were expecting. Uh, Arizona's called up Dalton Varsho, who is a catcher slash can play a few different spots. DH. Nate Pearson with the Blue Jays was called up. Your pr- prediction for Rookie of the Year there. Uh, Joe Adele was called up by the Angels. Luis Patino was called up. And by the Padres pitching in relief, James Caprillion was called up very briefly, but I think he's already been optioned back down. Uh, but either way, I want to bring him up real quick and just say, given I think he's had two Tommy John surgeries, if I'm remembering right, or he's he's had a bunch of injuries the last few years. It's great to see that he actually made it to the bigs. And then Monty Harrison called up for the Marlins. I guess you'd call him a COVID call up because with all the injury or with all the players testing positive i think that factored in for him so just as a whole here what are your reaction to this group uh sucks to see the uh the injury with madrigal um as far as like the royals starters i think that they're gonna have some good outings some bad outings i think it'll kind of be up and down with singer and bubik uh, Pearson looks really good. 
really unhittable. He didn't look quite as good tonight, just a few walks, but um, looks really good overall. Varsho hasn't really played much lately, so there's really not much with him. And the and Diamondbacks are struggling, which is weird that they're not even trying to get him more bats. Yeah, it's just tough because it's like, what do you sit Carson Kelly? I mean, then he's got to play the field, and I don't know. It's kind of, I'd be DH. It's kind of weird. But um, and then yeah, Adele's Adele missed today. He's played a couple games. I think he had. I think he's got like four Ks and eight bats or something. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes with him. Yeah, yeah, he's got a couple hits, but. And then, yeah, Caprillion, good to uh, see him make it. Yeah, he's had so many injuries, my God. Yeah, it's just been crazy over the last few years with him. I feel like I'm starting to wonder if he'd ever get there. So, yeah, Patino. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's a guy who was in the Yankees system and was one of their prized pitching prospects years ago. And yeah. I think he got traded while, at, while he was recovering from Tommy John surgery, if I'm remembering right. And... Then he had more injuries to where, yeah, it looked like he may not ever make it. So it's really cool to see him up. I hope he gets a chance to gets another chance this year. I'm sure he probably will, and I hope to see him succeed. Cheering for that guy. Yeah, definitely. Patino pitched last night in relief, gave up a three-run bomb, I think. To Welcome to the bigs. Jock, but... Yeah, I think Patino's going to be awesome, so I'm not really worried about that. He had a couple Ks, no walks, struck out Muncie, so he'll be fine. Yeah, Joe Adele's going to the most interesting name here. He's the highest-rated prospect. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I keep doubling. I keep saying that I think these young kids that are coming up that are striking out a bunch in the minors and I think maybe getting rushed up. I've said this about Luis Robert in terms of I don't know if the the – approach was good enough and I said the same thing about Tatis last year and both of those guys have just been monsters but Adele again really didn't show well when he made it to AAA at the end of last year I don't know I, I, I could see him struggling here in the early going but I don't know I keep getting proven wrong by these guys so maybe another toolsy guy will break through and be be awesome We'll see. But. Yeah, I think I think Adele and Robert are different. I think that they're viewed like they're the same, but Adele struggled more. I mean, Robert hasn't yeah. struggled in a while. Robert went off all year last year and is this year. He did go over four tonight. But, oh, he's done. <laughs> yeah, but, um, over over four with four Ks, I should say. Ooh, so, but um, but yeah, I mean, I just I think they're a little bit different. And, I could see it being a little bit of a slow start for Adele, but I'm really not surprised that Robert's kind of taken off. So, so let's go into Robert. Actually, he was going to be somebody I was going to bring up here in a little bit, but he is absolutely blowing up. And I want to repeat a Eric Cross tweet I saw earlier this week with his stats at the time that through 10 games and 44 plate appearances, he had a 350 batting average, 409 on base, 575 slug. 9% walk rate, 27% strikeout rate, two home runs, three steals, six RBIs, eight runs. And I think he's stolen another, another bag since this tweet, so he's now up to four steals. 100th percentile sprint speed. And the reason I'm saying all this is to, to 
start a conversation here because Eric said something real interesting. He said on Twitter, welcome to the top 25 of my dynasty rankings. And I kind of looked at that and stopped for a moment and thought, man, that's a strong take. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, where would I have him now? Because he was awesome last year. He's raking again to start off this year. And it made me want to play a dynasty him or him game with this guy. So I'm going to ask you some guys and see where I th- how high you think I think you'd have them. And sounds good. I'm going to start easy here and just start down and work my way up this list. And what do you, go- what do you mean what do you mean by easy? Um <laughs> cuz I think I think you're going to go I think you're going to go Robert with a few of these, but maybe you maybe you'll tell me I'm wrong. And I'm going off of my list that I made a couple months ago that we went over. And I'll start off with Victor Robles, who at the time I had at 63rd overall. Who are you taking? Robert. <clears throat> Robert. Okay. Anthony Rizzo. Robert. Okay. Another veteran, George Springer, guy who I know you've loved over the years. Startup Robert. Dynasty. Okay. Robert. Jose Altuve. Uh, that one's close, I think. I'm probably taking Robert. Okay. Yeah, taking the veteran. What o- What about Keston Hira? Now we're getting into my top 25 here. I had him at 24 when I made this a few months ago. It's pretty close. I think that's close. And I'd probably I'd I think I'd lean Hura, but I, it's close. I, that one's close. And I, I would take Jose Ramirez. You have Jose Ramirez listed. I would take Jose Ramirez. Over yeah, I skipped Robert. over him because the way he's playing right now, I'm like, you know what? I probably shouldn't even mention that one because he's his value shooting up right now again. The yeah. guy who's been up and down like a yo-yo the last two years, and he is up. Man, he's absolutely crushing it right now. We'll have to talk about him next episode if he's still doing this. Um, but that pretty much says that, yeah, that he's a top 25, 30 guy probably for you at least, which is crazy right now because he's one of those guys that if he continues raking, I mean, Fernando Tatis did this last year in a half season when he was healthy, and he was a borderline top 10 dynasty guy this year. I mean, pretty much like at, at this moment, at this point, I think he has more value than any prospect besides Wander. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no there's no prospect eligible player, I think, that you're trading him for straight up other than other than Wander. So I don't know if I'd have him top twenty five. I mean, maybe right on the edge of that, but yeah, he looks good. I mean it the power speed combo is just so it's just so intriguing with him. I mean, he has tons of both, you know. And I just think that, I mean, the knock on him is obviously this, the strikeouts, but, like, it hasn't really hurt him in over a year. So, I don't know. I just think that there's so much of that with the with the power and speed that it's kind of, like, just overtakes the rest, and you just live with the rest of it. But he's just a really dynamic athlete. Tons of power, tons of speed. I mean, 
the type of guy that could go like 30-30, you know, mm-hmm. if not necessarily right away, but maybe. I mean, you just you never know. So I there's just tons of upside there. There's a little bit of risk too, but there's a lot of upside. Yeah. Do you think he could possibly be a top 15 dynasty guy if he keeps this up at going into this offseason? Do you think that could happen? Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I don't know if I would predict that, but, um, I mean, you say possibly. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, if he has a crazy season, yeah. That's why I was wondering if there was enough in this. If 60 games was enough to convince you think people that he could he could get in there. I think I agree. I think he could easily get his way up there if he kept playing at this level. Um, let's just talk about some of the prospects that haven't come up yet, and if you think we're going to see them, who are these guys that possibly could be coming next? I mean, I mentioned three: uh, Dylan Carlson with the Cardinals, with how they're struggling. Possibly, if we see him, Mackenzie Gore. The, Arguably the guy who I think in most lists was the top pitching prospect. And then Jared Kelnick with the Mariners. Those are three guys I kind of wonder if we're going to see. What are your thoughts on these three and any other guys you think we could possibly be seeing here in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I think that there's a chance we see Carlson tomorrow. I mean, I hope so. I don't know, but I mean, I don't really get what the reason is to not bring him up at this point. I mean, well, when you've got a stud center fielder like Harrison Bader, it's hard to get a guy like Carlson in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, huh. no, I, I mean, I with it's hard to say. We don't know the full effects of who the COVID on their team is affected. I, but They're I mean, I would think. Healthy. Yeah, Not I would still think that Carlson should be up, be up really soon. So, um. And then Gore, I don't know. I don't know exactly when that's going to be. I feel like it could be soon. I feel like it could be not soon. Kellenic, I don't know. I'm not really sure he's going to be up till late in the year, if at all. So. Meanwhile, going back to Harrison Bader, last year he hit 205 with a 314 on base. At least he's walking, but dreadful. And this year in those first four games, again, we're talking four games, but 091 batting average with a two. 230 on base percentage. This guy is a fourth outfielder, and he does not need to be starting. There's no reason at this point to leave Carlson down. Get him up, please, St. Louis. Yeah. Any other guys you're kind of anticipating, wondering about? As far as, like, people coming up? Yeah. Beckham Trout? (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations, Mike Trout, and... By the way, anybody who took him late in the drafts, I just yeah, no kidding. Mark. That worked out. I was, yeah, he was only out. What was it? Three games, right? I don't, was it even? Yeah, Friday, Saturday. It was the Sunday. weekend. Yeah. yeah, it was the weekend. And then they were off Monday, and he was back Tuesday. Yeah. That's pretty much best case scenario for anybody that took him. Yeah, that's that's really good. He comes back and hits a home run yesterday, and then actually hit two yesterday, didn't he? What was that? Yeah, he hit two yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Superman. Sidebarred you there, but any other prospects you can think of that we're wondering? Uh, we've mentioned a lot of them. I, I think that I mean I'm curious what is going on with Lux too. I, I don't really. 
they're acting like he's not ready. That was what I read this morning. Yeah. Which, I mean, he was up last year. I don't really get that, but. Well, I think we're getting really close to where they can get that extra year of control because he was up last year, but that's why he's a little later than everybody else. Yeah, to where, yeah, yeah I think sense. in about a week he's surprisingly going to be ready. I think they're just playing the games there with him. Probably. But, yeah, Lux is a good one. We should be seeing him soon. And, yeah, that's a crazy good lineup. He probably won't be hitting in a good spot in the lineup. But the nice part is for a guy like Lux, the Dodgers having a DH now is a real good thing for a guy like that because being stuck in the 8-hole in the National League is really tough to have value. But adding that DH and not having the pitcher right behind you, even if you're hitting in the 9-hole, hitting right in front of all those guys, that's going right, to be a good thing yeah. for a guy like Lux. Spencer Howard's another one. I think he's supposed to start on on Sunday, I heard. Mm-hmm. So he should be up Casey real Mines, soon. that's another one that was rumored. Yeah, uh, to start on Sunday, and well, um, it didn't happen, but I could see that one coming soon. Yeah, but we got some, we got some more guys. It's hard to know whether to invest in these guys. I, I think Carlson and Carlson's the one you got to grab. It's hard to speculate on who you should be picking up and not, just because, like you said earlier, it's just hard right now. Whenever you're trying to fill rosters, if you can, great, but don't hang on if you are hurting your team. Okay, uh, man, we're covering a lot, and I really just want to—I pu- we put it out there for listener questions, and we did get one from Chris Wonder. I wanted to go into here, which he asked, "How are we valuing prospects in dynasty leagues, given we're not seeing results, and some aren't even in camps?" Well, I think that, like the the guys that are far away, you know, like the guys that have no chance of playing this year. I feel like all of those guys are just going to hold their value throughout the year and the off season because there's not going to be any positive or not a lot of positive, I should say, or negative information. There just isn't much information period. So I think those guys are going to just kind of maintain where they're at as far as, you know, whether it be value, whether you want to say it's value or prospect ranking or whatever like that. So um, there's some comfort in that. I mean, just knowing that a guy isn't going to drop off and have no value, but he also isn't going to blow up either. So it's kind of tricky, but with the guys that are closer, I mean, obviously that, changes things a little bit because they have the chance to come up and perform and you know possibly perform good possibly not perform good so those it kind of um, affects a little bit I think it's maybe good to have some of those guys that are closer a little bit right now just because uh, you know if you get a call up and they pop randomly I mean that's exciting so but yeah, I, I just feel like with a lot of the prospects, it's uh, their value is just kind of holding where it was, and it's going to just continue to do that until there's a minor league season, which hopefully next year, you know. But yeah, I think a lot of those guys is kind of are in that boat. Yeah, because of that rankings. Let's say we're having a normal year next year. Rankings going into like March, April, 
before the right before the season starts, it's just going to look so much deeper than usual because we haven't seen anybody fall off. We have so many guys that are in top hundreds that, you know, the example I used last year was Victor Victor Mesa. If Victor Victor Mesa had come out this year, he would still be a top 25 prospect right now because nobody has had put eyes on him. Scouts got their eyes on him last year and they're like, oh, this guy's not who we thought. And he right. plummeted out of rankings completely. And I don't think he, he was never that high, though. He was, a, he was a top 25 guy, I think. No, I don't think so. I I think I'd argue with you on that one. I'd have to go look, but I'm almost certain he was a top 25 guy on some list. We'll, we'll That's have fine. To look we can up. have the discussion later, but I'm yeah. positive he wasn't. Okay, well, we'll, we'll look into that. Um, but anyway... Victor, guys like Victor Victor, let's, he, he still would be on a lot of lists right now. But instead, he's not. And guys right now, there are some of these guys that were first-rounders in these first-year player drafts that would be falling right now, and we won't know. And on the same note, there's unknown guys. Right. To where... And there will be... There's obviously guys that from this draft, too, to add. Mm-hmm. So... So this is something I was going to tell you, and I haven't, I haven't even mentioned this to you yet, but, you know, in one of my dynasty leagues, I've got a really deep farm system, and in the other one, I've got some spots where I'm just filling in with guys right now, and I don't feel too bad about that, because going into next year with first-year player drafts, I mean, none of my guys that I have right now are going to be dropping in value until next spring to where some of these guys I'm not going to want to be dropping and other ones, I don't mind having some dead spots because I know I'm going to fill those in with some first-year player draft guys to where this seems like a year where you wouldn't want to have a really, really, like, farm full farm system where you're dealing with roster construction problems right now because it's just going to get worse whenever these first-year player drafts start. Do you get my drift here? Is this, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't sweat it too much. I mean, it's just like a minor problem compared to everything else going on but yeah it's i get what you're saying yeah it just seems like this would be a good time to be having some slots available at least getting into the offseason you can always make trades and maybe that's the counter to that as well yeah you could be making trades and open up some slots because whenever draft time comes around it's just a weird time for prospects that's for sure yeah Man, we just covered a lot. There was so much that had happened over the last two weeks, and I want to finish with this question, which I think we finished last episode with. How are you feeling today, two weeks later, with all this going on about us getting through this year? Pretty good. I mean, I. it's kind of one of those things. It's like it's day-to-day. It's changing all the time. We could wake up tomorrow and another team could have it, and it's a big ordeal again so i mean i'm kind of just soaking it all up i mean i've been every every chance i get i'm just trying to take in all the baseball i can because like i do feel like it could go whenever Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like if what happened with the marlins and then to somewhat of a lesser extent the cardinals it just doesn't seem like it was as many guys but if that wasn't going to do it, then what is, you know, like how, I mean, I'm starting to think that like we might get through it, you know? So 
I don't know. I definitely feel pretty good about it right now. But like I said, that could change on a dime. I mean, it's just you kind of just have to. It's so it's just so day by day. But this the last few days have been good. So. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's been a roller coaster the last week. There have been two different points where I'm like, man, the season's going to get canceled tomorrow. And for them to can push through and make it through what they have so far. I feel like it'd have to get real bad. Like there'd have to be like outbreaks on about ten teams at the same time before that this would happen. Before it gets yeah. down for them to keep there was pushing a, through. There was this. a point. There was a point um, last weekend where I thought they were going to cancel it on Monday morning, mm-hmm. and Monday morning rolled around and it was still you know. All systems go pretty much, other than St. Louis. So, yeah, even by I Sunday just, night, I think we were hearing that Manfred was in a in a quote somewhere saying, "No, this is, we're not shutting down." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, if this isn't shutting it down, this is a good sign for us to keep moving." Right. Yeah. It's just what I'm really curious about now is how many games are the Marlins actually going to get in. Uh-huh. And, and the other, you know, any other teams that have been affected because other teams have been affected too. Yep. But are they going to play six? I mean, I don't really think they're going to get 60. I Are they going to get 55? Are they going to get 50? You know, like where is it? Where's the cutoff? I don't know. I mean, I think that kind of remains to be seen, but be curious. They're going to have to get real creative, that's for sure. And I don't know how they're going to do it either. I haven't even the slightest idea. I know the playoffs are supposed to start right after the season ends. And they, I think, what was it, like 60 games in 65 days or something like that? And when you take seven days off, how do you make that up? Right. I, I don't know. But that's not for us to decide. We're just here giving fantasy baseball advice and talking about the game. Okay. Yep. And we just covered a lot. And next week, I'm hoping we can talk about, we talked about some of these hot starts, and maybe we'll talk about some of these cold starts and see who we're worried about. And try to, hopefully we'll have some more baseball to talk about. I think I'm feeling good like you that we'll be able to keep pushing through. But we had a lot to talk about today, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Lots, Lots going on. It's crazy season but <laughs> it's fantasy yeah, it's football just, it's for crazy. a year it's just you just kind of on a it's a quick ride and it's just different Hope um, I'm enjoying it it's different but I am enjoying it it's just yeah it's I'm really enjoying it it's so nice to have games on it's yes it, it's like if they stopped everything right now I would be like so grateful for these last couple of weeks that they've had games on. It's just been great. Yes. Because of everything, you know, obviously with no sports for all this time and no baseball for all this time, it's just been really nice to have it. So, Yeah, I think basketball's going on and I think so far they've done okay. It's just great to have some sports again. I haven't watched any basketball. Football is still to be determined. But I know they're trying to get the seasons in. It's good to at least have sports. It's good because whenever all we could talk about was documentaries on ESPN for four months, that's just, that's tough. 
That's tough. Yeah. If you're a sports fan. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll get back, try to get back a little quicker this next week or so, and we'll get to talk some more baseball. Until then, take care, everybody. Yep, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.